2 Corinthians chapter 1. This is Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. He typically doesn't start his letters out the way he's getting ready to start them out right now. He typically kind of thanks some people, recognize, but he's, he's talking about a circumstance here right at the beginning of a second letter. And so we're going to dig into this. It's in the context of shaping. So our vision is to serve, save, shape our world for Jesus Christ. So we're talking about shaping people into committed servants. And, uh, and we're going to dig into this this morning. So say amen if you're ready. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. You can look at your paper Bible. You can look on the screen, your phone. Uh, you peek over your neighbor's shoulder. We'll start in verse 3. Praise be to the Lord. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sins of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. As you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the many prayer, to the prayers of many. Father, we thank you this morning. You're so good to us. And Lord, we just ask as we look into your word that you change the way we think today, Lord. Let our minds be renewed today as we've come together. You've you purposed for us to be here and do this today. And so we pray that we'd leave energized by your word, changed. And in doing that, Lord, we pray that our community would be changed and the people around us would be better off because we were together. Thank you for this moment we have. And it's all done in your name, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. You may be seated. Paul is, is opening up his second letter to the Corinthian church in a little bit different way. He's, he's honing in on a circumstance, and, he, and he's talking about some suffering. Now, I, I want to make sure that you understand something about suffering, because when you read in Scripture about suffering, it's, it's a different level than we, we typically associate it with here. Uh, in the course of your day, in the course of an American's day, we typically view suffering as things like you woke up late, kid threw up in your bedroom. That's happened before. You know, you had traffic on the way to work and your latte wasn't exactly the way you wanted it to and your boss yelled at you for being late. And we're like, man, today was a, just a bad day. I needed, I needed God so much today. Paul's talking about suffering in the light 
of his life being in danger. See where I'm going with that? Oftentimes in scripture, we apply something that was said in the context of immense pain and suffering to something that is not in our current life. Any of you older ever looked at a kid and went, that ain't suffering. That ain't suffering. You stubbed your toe. My kids weren't allowed to suffer in my house. My son actually got to the place one time where I, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't like kids that whined. I just like, suck it up. Nothing you can do about it. Just suck it up. Eat it for breakfast. And so I looked back at my son in the back seat one day and I said, are you whining again? And he looked up at me and he said, are you whining about me whining? That's when I knew he was my kid. I was like, oh, you got this. You got this good. But we have, we have kind of dumbed down the suffering thing, haven't we? Like, I don't have cell phone access. Like, like my boss is giving me a hard time at work. I, I didn't get the right order. I didn't, Amazon messed it up. Paul uses this term, he said, we despaired of life itself. I imagine with this many people in the room, some of you have been at that place. I just want to make sure sometimes we apply scripture to something minuscule when it's really something that's big. And then when it's time to apply it to something big, it doesn't seem like it means anything anymore. Because if everything is suffering, then nothing is suffering. If everything is suffering, if, if your bad day tomorrow is suffering, then we're all in trouble when it really comes. And so in the context of my life, I've tried to be careful of what I've labeled suffering and what I've just labeled, it's a little bit difficult. Like you just got to wake up early in the morning. That's not suffering. That's called get a different job if you don't like it. So in the context of what Paul's talking about, He's talking about suffering. Now, I want to encourage all of you this morning. Jesus guaranteed you would experience it. Oh, come on, let's give it up for that. That's the reason to come to church on a Sunday morning. So not getting your coffee right in the morning is not what he was talking about. He said, at some point in time in your life, in this world, you will have trouble. It's not just a disobedient kid. It's not just an an employee that doesn't get along. It's not just a. It's not. It's, just, it's not just these little things. He says, "Listen, there there will come times in your life where it's going to be difficult." So here's here's what I've realized about it. Context is king. Context is king. Look at your neighbor and say, "Context is king." Context is king. Because here's what I've found out about everything you walk through. God gives you the free will to contextualize it the way you want to. Oh. He gives you the free will to contextualize whatever situation you are currently in. Whether it's doing well or not doing well or whether you're comfortable or suffering. He gives you the ability to contextualize it. You get that ability. No one else can tell you what to do with that. He gives you the ability. So what Paul, if you look through Paul's whole life, what he was a master at 
is contextualizing everything he walked through. He was a master at it. He could say things like, these chains are to advance the gospel. When, when someone else would say, I'm unfairly imprisoned. So I started looking at him going, wait a second. Wait a second. This is a really important, important idea to get a grasp on because, because the Bible says that I'm going to walk through circumstances that if I contextualize them wrong, it won't do me any good or anyone else any good. So Paul's able to contextualize it. He says this. He says, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that, you should underline that. Somebody should come up here and underline it on the wall. So that, you know what I pray in everything that happens to me in my life? that eventually I will get to the place where I can say, so that. Here's what I've realized. I'm the only one that can say the so that. So I can lean in and say, oh, wait a second. God has a purpose for my life and he's, and he's got a plan and, he, and he's weaving me through the plan and he's doing it with all the grace and mercy so I can have confidence that what's happening now, I see you back there working. So that you're fired. (laughs) He says, we ourselves, he says, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort. Now, here's what I want to encourage you with. If you are suffering this morning, Paul emphatically says that in Christ, there's an equal amount of comfort for the amount of suffering. Did you hear that? Now, I need to make a clear definition of here. Comfort does not always equal pleasure. And we have mixed that up in the United States. In our Americanized version of the gospel, we take comfort and we, we, we supplant pleasure on top of it. So if we're not enjoying what's going on, then we're not comforted. That's not what Paul's talking about. He's saying that the peace that passes all understanding can guard your heart and mind. So you can walk through the suffering, but the amount of suffering that you're walking through, there's an equal amount of grace that comes into that suffering and comforts us in the middle of it. It might not change your circumstance. So pleasure and comfort are two different things. I can be comforted in the middle of something and not have any pleasure at all in it. Amen? So reframe the way you think about it. God can comfort you and you still not like it. (laughs) They're going to run me out after this one. It's not our culture. Well, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there a question there? But I don't like it. I know. I know. Nobody likes suffering. Yeah, but I want you to take the suffering, and I want you to give me pleasure. 
Boy, that's a popular gospel, isn't it? I want you to take the suffering and give me pleasure. He said, how about, how about you keep the suffering and I'll give you comfort? Because it never really works that way in real life. Because if it did, and we had the formula for it, you couldn't keep people out of the church. Because, hey, coming to the church, God will replace your suffering with pleasure. You can trade in a broken arm for a four-week cruise. But you know, you're smart enough to know life doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. You don't get to trade suffering for pleasure. You get to get comfort in the middle of suffering. So the context that we're in, if we don't get this right, we will be just as disappointed as the world is. God, I thought you were going to take this thing from me. He said, I didn't say I was going to take it. He said, there was an equal amount of comfort. There was an equal amount of grace that was coming your way. So Paul says, I'm, I don't even want to live in this moment. Yep, there was an equal amount of comfort. Yet there was enough to get me through. Yet there was enough to sustain me. Yet there was enough grace to keep me going. I had to get to the other end of it. Because the only way out of suffering is to get to the end of it. Amen? So he's able to contextualize it. I'm walking through this right now. I'm, I, I, I walked through this thing. Now, he is not specifically clear on what it was that made him despair life. But Paul went through some crazy things. Bible says that he'd been beaten with rods, not by Jews, but by Romans, and they didn't have any rules. And they beat somebody almost to death. It says that he was shipwrecked. He was incarcerated, and he wasn't even guilty. He was incarcerated, put on a ship, taken to Rome, and on his way is shipwrecked. He hears from God, tells everybody on the boat, hey, listen, don't leave the boat. God promises we'll all be saved. But the boat still crashes, breaks apart. They all make it to shore. Come on, you're like, well, I mean, well, that's like a trip to work in the morning. Can you imagine? He gets to shore only to try to warm himself by the fire and get bitten by a viper. Now, I don't know about you. I know we make Paul out to be this superhero where he just went. <laughs> Guess that snake didn't know who he was biting. No, no, no. I can imagine him thinking in his head, are you kidding me? Lord, after all of this, I've followed you. I've done everything you've asked me to do. I've done it right to the best of my ability and you couldn't even let me get the shore dry. We had to shipwreck before we even got here. I was just trying to get a little dry by the fire and then a snake bites me, a poisonous snake. Now, I don't know how it works with you, but right before faith comes into my life, terror comes in. Is anybody else like that? Or you're just like, man, I have faith, nothing spooks me. I always pee myself a little, then I'm like, oh yeah, you're in control. Okay, we keep doing this. That's me. Just being transparent. It's not faith up front. It's, whoa, I just got bit by a snake. All right, Lord. 
Nada dia. Sama risau konas. We don't know what he, we don't know what exactly he was referring to. He doesn't describe it. But we know that he went through some insane suffering for the gospel. But he contextualizes it. He says, I was comforted with an equal amount of comfort for everything that I went through. And what I realized was God comforted me so that I could comfort you. Context is king. Because listen, if you walk through your life thinking it's all just random and pointless, then you'll never get a grip on it. But if you look at your life in the context of, Lord, I'm walking through this. You're teaching me and and shaping me. And oh, by the way, so that when I get on the other end of this suffering thing, because I'm going to make it, because there's an equal amount of grace coming my way to comfort me. When I get on the other end of this, so that I can comfort someone else. So that, just put it up in your mirror, so that, it will change the way you think about everything. Here is the hope you have to have. There is nothing that you walk through that God will not use if you will put it in the right context. Every morning, just wake up and say, Lord, I'm walking through this. I don't know how to deal with it, but I know you will give me enough comfort to see it through to the other end. And then I can comfort someone else. It's a context of community and shaping people. And Paul, Paul contextualized everything in his life that way. When he goes to Rome, he says, I am bound in chains, but don't be ashamed of me. He's, teach, he's shaping them while he's incarcerated. He's saying, these chains are for the gospel. Don't you dare be ashamed of The right context makes everything bearable. Think about it. The right context makes everything bearable. So Paul says, now I know this happened so that, this happened so that, this happened so that, this happened so that. And you know what I love about, we're in that stage of life where we've had things happen. I was just talking to somebody and, and just telling his story, tell my story a little bit. And I realized that it was so that. Oh, I love those moments. So that. Because you look back and it turns the light bulb, light bulb onto every moment when you didn't think you were going to make it. Every moment when you didn't think you had enough. Every moment when you despaired of life itself. And Paul raises up and says, Show that. You know what the church needs? More so that people. I'm telling you, the world is coming in with no context. Everything is random. Everything is why me. Everything is I don't understand. I don't understand. If the church could stand up and say, so that. I walked through this so that I could be with you when you walk through that. Paul said, if we're comforted, then you're comforted too. If we suffer and then are comforted, then it's for your comfort. He says, everything that's happening to me is in the context of helping shape the things that are happening to you. 
every time in my life that I've been up against it. And somebody else has walked alongside of me. They've had a so that story. Amen? They said, hey man, I walked through that already. And I realized, bah, 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 bah. By the way, I have a rule. I don't want to be around people that have never suffered. Yeah. My rule is this. If I walk up to you and say, hey, man, tell me about your life. It's been perfect. I'm like, ooh. (laughs) I got another appointment. (laughs) I want to sit down with people at lunch, and I want to hear the pain. Because then I start asking questions. There's, there's friends of mine that I've done this too. I've sat down with them. I said, how when other people in your same circumstance gave up, when other people in your same circumstance gave up, how in the world did you make it? And I'll eat my onion rings and I'll just listen. Well, it was this, it was that. I want to know how you made it. I want to know how you got to the so that part. I want to know how you contextualize everything. I want to know how you made it, how God's comfort was enough for you to get through. I want to know that because here's what I know. Sooner or later, I need to be able to shape mine. And I want to have all the right tools. I want to be able to sit in front of people and hear theirs. That's why I like old people. I can sit down in front of my grandfather who has had meningitis five times, was in World War II in Korea, wounded, started his own business, has had all kinds of, he's had cancer. I'm like, he's 91 years old, still alive. I just like sitting down with him and going, how did you stay married for that long? (laughs) That has nothing to do with me and you. I just need some counseling tips. So that, so that when you're 90, you could tell your great grandkids it was all so I could have this conversation with you. I'm shaping. Suffering shapes me so that I can shape others. Paul says, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves but God. But this happened so that. But this happened so that. Here's something else that I love about this. One of the dangers about church is, I'm glad we don't wear suits anymore. Because if you dress up, you're more likely to play the part. Because if you got a suit or a nice dress on, and somebody says, How, how's it going? Oh, it's fine. Good. Good. If you got busted up jeans on, you might go, hey, man, it ain't working out real well. But the issue is, I love the way Paul does this. He's the apostle. He's the founder of the church. He's he's the guy that set it all in motion. He's the the superstar. He's the one, Paul's coming to preach today. This is going to be fun. He makes this comment, I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be uninformed. So you know what that meant? Maybe people are seeing me in the light of what really has happened. 
They think I've got this faith that is never shaken. They think that I've never walked. Hey, by the way, I wanted to die. Can I tell you the worst thing you can do is leave people uninformed about you? Our modern day version of suck it up and just keep going. What happens in the church is we walk through something devastating. God, God comforts us through it and walks us through it. And then we go like this. I'm not telling anybody. I'm not going to talk about it. I, I, I don't, I, I don't. Paul says, so that you won't be uninformed. It's like a public service announcement from the apostle. He's saying, I need to make sure you understand how this thing works. You're going to walk through it one day, and it might be devastating. But in the context, but you got to get the context right. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to tell you my story. I know you never imagined me, Paul, despairing life itself. But guess what? I've been there. Guess what? I thought we had the death sentence. But guess what? God delivered. You see, it's hard to tell the delivery story without the suffering story before it. Amen? So I want to encourage you. Don't leave people uninformed. You can't give someone comfort until they realize that you've been comforted. So the whole idea that we're walking around with smiles on our face and nothing's ever wrong. Now, let me make the caveat. I don't want to hear that you got caught in traffic. I don't care. I'm talking about suffering. Amen? I got a hangnail. It's been terrible. But trying to be gracious, we went on this fishing trip. Everybody got sunburned. I call that being stupid. That ain't suffering. <laughs> Let's not confuse the two. Mm. You can't give somebody comfort till they realize you've been comforted. We should stop hiding behind our need to look perfect. Can I encourage you with this? It's not your perfection that will comfort people. It's the comfort you received that will comfort people. Perfection never comforts anybody. It gives people anxiety. But when you walk in the room and say, I've been as deep down as you have been, and God comforted me in the middle of it, then you have something to offer. Amen? All right, the last thing. He's called us to go to the suffering. Go to the suffering. Paul's writing this letter to the church in Corinth, and he's saying, hey, listen, I want to make sure you're not uninformed. I want to make sure you know what's happening. I want to make sure you can contextualize it. I want to make sure when you're walking through it that you've got the right tools. Paul was not advocating standing back at a distance and, and not caring about what was going on and being like, well, then Hannah. No, he was, he, he's leaning into people. He's leaning into people. He's not avoiding them. He's not avoiding the issue. I love this about Jesus in Mark chapter 2, starting verse 15. It says, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. Levi was a tax collector. Who do you think his friends were? They weren't preachers. They were tax collectors and the guys he was drinking beer with. 
tax collectors and sinners were eating with them and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked the disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Church, I've realized some of the things I've walked through in life were so that sick people could get healthy. Some of the things you walk through in life, you have to be able to contextualize the comfort that you gave me. Now I'm turning around to, oh, well, you're worse off than I thought. This is going to take longer than I thought. This is going to be messier than I thought. This is going to be more difficult than I thought. This isn't just an overnight. This isn't just a text message. Hey, bro, praying for you, which I do. This could be a long-term lean in because the comfort that I needed took a while. So we've talked about this before. In the context of community, we don't give up on people. Amen? Because I don't ever know how long your suffering is going to last. All I know is there's an equal amount of comfort that will come with it. And a lot of times what Paul's saying, it's going to come through me. Uh, Lord, I pray you comfort him. I'm sending you to comfort him. Stop praying about it. I already told you how to do it. Lord, I pray you send somebody else to comfort him. No, you pick up the phone. Lord, I pray they could get in a good small group. Invite them to your small group. Lord, I pray that you'd have given them a family. to be. No, invite them into your family. Because the same comfort that you were comforted with, now the context is you take that and comfort someone else. Well, wait a second. I've already got plans Tuesday night. Yeah, that complicates it, doesn't it? He's saying, lean into people who are suffering. Jesus said, I didn't come for people who had it all together. I didn't come for people who never made a mistake. I didn't come for people. I came for people who were sick. If you want to label me hanging around the wrong people, that's fine with me. But the comfort I've received, I'm going to pass on. Amen? Here's the thing, the opportunity we have. Stand to your feet. I want to explain this to you one more way. Church, you can look out in the world and see suffering everywhere you look. And we have the answer because we've been comforted. We know that there's no limit to his grace. We know there's no limit to his mercy. We know there's no limit to how he can comfort us. And the peace that passes all understanding that guards our heart and minds. Paul goes on the right to the, to the Thessalonians. He says, you don't grieve like those who have no hope. And every instance of suffering, we do it differently. Because we have a context of, of the purpose of God walking through it. But here's what I want you to lean on. Maybe you're, maybe, maybe you're saved and you're walking through something right now. Watch this. If you look at Jesus on the, on the night he was arrested, something fascinating happens. He takes the disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane and he starts to walk in to pray. And he takes Peter, James, and John and he says, walk in with me. And he asked them to what? 
Do you know what he was asking him to do? Take part in it with me a little bit. I'm going to show you how to do this. I'm going to show you how to do this suffering thing and do it the right way. I'm not going to do this by myself, not because I need you to hang out with me, but because I want to shape you into somebody who knows what to do when all hell breaks loose. So when your life isn't, isn't making no sense whatsoever, and when you don't understand, here's what you do. And he walked into the garden and he said, pray with me. I want you to pray with me. Jesus was getting ready to suffer like no human being had ever suffered before. The weight of all of our sin was being put on him. And he said, boys, I'm going to teach you how to do this right. So if you're walking through something here, it's not a con- it's not a case of, well, I got to wait till I'm on the other end of it. And it makes sense like everybody else. No, Jesus said, hey, come on. Come on, I'm going to show you how to do this right in the middle of it. I'm going to show you how you go to your knees and pray. I'm going to show you how even if you want to do something else, you submit it to God's will. I'm going to show you in the context of I'm suffering right now what this looks like. And the comfort that the Father could put on the Son in that moment to cause Him to go to the cross. The peace that passed all understanding that none of us could fathom was then available right then for the disciples. Jesus said, come along. Come along. So church, I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm asking you to be open. I'm not asking you to have it all together all the time. I'm asking you to wrap your arms around people when you've been comforted and look at them and say, here's what I have to offer you. The God of all peace will comfort you in this moment. The God of all goodness will comfort you in this moment. And let me come, come along with me. It doesn't look pretty. Come along with me and we'll go to the Father together. That's the hope of the world. That's what they need to hear. Not a perfect church, but a church that knows how to get some comfort and pass it out. Amen? Father, we thank you this morning. God, you've been so good to us. It baffles us why you would comfort us. Lord, but you do. And we want to put it in the right context, Lord. Whatever we're walking through right now is so that we can offer that same comfort to someone else. And we pray we do it without, with, with no, without holding back, Lord. We'd walk into a lost and dying world. And we offer them that hope of your comfort, of your goodness. Do that work in us now, Lord. Help us contextualize what we're experiencing through your eyes, through your plan. And we have this confidence that you will work every single thing out that it's affecting our lives right now. You'll work it out for your glory and someone else's good. Thank you for that, Lord. Let us encourage each other as we leave today with the comfort that we have received. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. Come on, give him praise. He's good this morning. Amen. Hey, listen, comfort somebody. As you leave, you can be generous on the way out. We'll see you back here next week.